Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Michelle Tillis-Letterman here with us today, who is one of Forbes' top 25 networking experts, is the author of four books, including the internationally known The 11 Laws of Likeability, and her latest, The Connector's Advantage. Michelle is a connection creator and CEO of Executive Essentials, which provides customized communications and leadership programs for Fortune 500, nonprofit, university, and government clients. A former finance executive and NYU professor, Michelle is a regular in the media appearing on NBC, CBX, Fox, CBX, CBS, Fox, NPR, that's what happens when you combine the two, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, CNBC, and others. Michelle is known for helping people work better together and advance their individual impact. Michelle, welcome and thank you so very much for being here. Thanks for having me on. It is an absolute pleasure and I am so excited to dive in and talk about connecting. And the reason being, this is a kind of a personal excitement for me. I was one of those who, gosh, how do I even say this? Early on in business, especially, I always have had a chip on my shoulder. That chip of, I'll do it my own. You know, nobody understands. It's taking too long. I'll just prove it. And I, and I find, for me, I find that it, it goes, you know, there's so many layers to it. Are people, so I guess this is a way of asking, are people, do you find natural connectors? Or is it stuff where sometimes people have to work through those chips on their shoulders to become better connectors? I totally had to have like that chip removed from my shoulder. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things that I really talk about and want to emphasize is that anybody can be a connector. And it was interesting when I did the research. So we did a whole uh, study and a survey looking at the qualities that made up a connector. And what was interesting is that, that a lot of the questions didn't have a lot of differentiation between a connector and a non-connector. Um, the one big differentiation was that connectors derive personal satisfaction from connecting others. And that was a, a very large difference, whereas non-connectors didn't get that satisfaction. But for the most part, these qualities that we, in these mindsets that I talk about, um, it, it's not like you're born a certain way. These are all things that we can um, infuse into our interactions, attributes and behaviors that we can adopt and become better connectors. So I, I had that chip as well. I'm with you. What was it? How did, how did you remove your chip? Um, you know, it's an interesting question. I think it, it, it eroded over time. Mm. And when we think about um, why, right? Why do we have the biases? Why do we have the chips, you know, that we have on our shoulders? It's usually because of some reason, right? And one of the mindsets I talk about is actually the mindset of abundance. And I share in my book that my upbringing was not from a place of abundance. Um, you know, we were, I was in a single parent household. Um, we sold furniture to pay the mortgage. Um, mm. I didn't really worry that we wouldn't have a house most days, but, um, you know, it, it was, it was in the back of my mind, like, oh, you know, could that happen? <laughs> um, you know, and at eight and nine years old, it has an impact. And so, um, so we kind of believe in scarcity 
and, um, and that drives us to be protective and defensive and build those walls and build and, and that chip is created. And, it, and it's a practice to start to recognize and to shift your way of thinking. And abundance is not about, oh, everything's gonna be great and everything's wonderful. Abundance is about the possibility of it being better than it is right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I came out of finance. I know I don't put that in, in the kind of description of myself, but I spent 10 years in finance in a male-dominated industry. And when I started out, there were no female partners. There was one female senior manager. And that female senior manager, no woman wanted to work for because she was awful to women because her scarce perspective was, there's only one woman going to make it and it's going to be me. So I'm not going to help any of you. Whereas an abundant mindset would be, there might not be any women at the top now, but let's get up there together. There's room for all of us. And, um, and, and so it does, it starts to kind of take those, those chips and those walls down. I loved your definition you just gave of abundance. I think that might be one of my favorite definitions or explanations I've heard of abundance. With abundance being so, that mindset piece of abundance being so critical and cultivating that connector mentality, how do we begin to cultivate that abundance mindset? Or how do we, if we've already begun to cultivate it, how can we enhance it another notch? So there's a couple of practices. Um, You know, one is just don't compare yourself against anybody else. A lot of times we feel scarce when we are looking at what somebody else has or what somebody else accomplished. And then we're like, well, I didn't do that or I don't have that. Now I'm either jealous um, or resentful um, and Mm -hmm. I'm feeling scarce. So let's take podcasting, right? So you run a show and you have a great guest. A scarce mindset was, I'm not gonna tell anybody about this guest because I'll be the only show in town with this fabulous guest. Whereas an abundant mindset would be, you know, hey, I know another show you'd be great on. And you can have the perspective of you make the difference in your show, not just your guest. The way you ask questions, the way you interview somebody, and you're already asking amazing questions and getting different um, information out of me than somebody who I did a podcast for last week. Um, And so practicing abundance is understanding that you make the difference, that you, you kind of see your own value and you don't compare yourself against others. I love it. I see your mind twisting. I can give you more, but I was going to give it a pause in case. Yeah, yeah, no, I love this. This is, this is so incredibly fascinating because, you know, I, so I, I love having these conversations and then there's a selfish part of me where I, when I really start to relate with it, I just want to go deeper in it because I can, you know, my friend goes and it goes on these dividing. It goes, okay, let's, let's have this conversation to support people listening to this. Other part goes, Ooh, she's on to something you could really learn from right here. Keep going, keep going. And so then there's like, who, who the reference? No, I looked through them both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. One of the things that I, I think I've always, and I'll use myself as an example, is I've been stuck with, with the notion of connecting and being a connector. Is, and I think it's, and maybe social media has magnified this in some ways. It's ironic that social media, like the catchphrase is, we're more connected than ever. But it's almost like we, we measure our connections quantitatively instead of qualitatively right how many followers do i have how many people do i have how many get and it becomes this almost i guess in a mindset wrestling match of well am i really able to connect because i don't have but i guess this goes into the comparison right 
I don't have a thousand followers or I'm not getting a hundred likes. Therefore, what do I have to offer that someone may be able to benefit from? And does that, gosh, I guess, you know, that's a long way of asking, has social media, do you see social media as an asset or a hindrance to the connection process in both in the terms of actually being able to physically connect, but then in developing the psychology and mindset of being a connector? That's a really interesting question. And um, if I'm coming from a place of abundance, I will say it's additive. And, mm -hmm. and I do believe my first instinct is to say it's, it's a plus because it's one more channel with which we can connect over. And one of the things I talk about, about a mindset of being social and curious, right? So one of the mindsets of a connector is social and curious. And that doesn't mean social butterfly. It doesn't mean having life of the party and throwing galas and, and having tons of followers. It, it is really about being curious about one other person and showing an interest in them. But it's also about finding your format. And if your format is more comfortable, like I'm raising a son who is extremely shy, highly introverted. And even though we're in this time of social isolation, his Dungeons and Dragons group is meeting online, but he won't put his camera on, right? So right. those little things of like, I can be with my friends in this way, and I'm working on building that confidence. So social media gives us a new platform, a new channel with which to connect. And my feeling is the more channels with which you connect over, the deeper those ties become and the strength of that connection um, grows. So my feeling is don't keep it all in one channel. I have had people who connected to me on Twitter and then all of a sudden I'm on a phone with them. I had somebody who was constantly giving um, comments and likes to my posts on LinkedIn. Well, two of those people that did that frequently actually made it into the book because they made such an impact on me. And um, this guy, Sean, I'm like, hey, Sean, check out page 80. You might see, see yourself in there. And I mean, he was beyond thrilled. And, and so um, it's those, it's, it's taking it from online to offline and back again. Mm. Michelle, I hear this all the time and I imagine you do too. It's the, if only this, then that. And usually that if only is if only I could meet the right person, get on the phone with the right person, get past the gatekeeper, you know, get the interview, get the, get the introduction, whatever it is. So for someone who, who recognizes their if only is, is that connection piece. What is the, or is there a, the most effective way for them to go about, you know, how do they, how do they start to formulate a connection strategy or a process for them to do that? Or is that overthinking it? Is it something more of them just being, focusing on being more themselves? You know, what, what's the secret sauce to it, if you will? I will share, you know, back before I wrote my first book, The 11 Laws Likeability, I was kind of labeled the anti-networker. Mm. And it wasn't true, um, but I almost called the book organic networking or natural networking because I didn't want, I didn't want it to be so strategic and so, um, so like, hey, I need this, so I'm going to go do this. I wanted people to connect because they're enjoying the conversation because they're enjoying the connection, right? So we got on the phone last week, somebody connected us and we enjoyed it. And we said, yep, let's, we're feeling this. Yeah. If we weren't feeling it, we wouldn't be on the phone right now. And, and that's okay. Right? So it's not about forcing connections because you think that's the one that's going to help you. 
It's about having real connections because you don't know how those connections can help you. Mm. And when you have clear vision, so now we're getting to a lot of the mindsets, clear vision is one of the mindsets of the connector. If you know what you're working on, if you know what you need and want, then you can share that goal. You can share that objective. And somebody who you're just close to might surprise you like, hey, I know so-and-so. I'll never forget when that happened to me. Having lunch, I mean, this was, God, at least 15 years ago. I'm having lunch with a friend. We were both kind of starting our coaching businesses. And, uh, you know, I was talking about I had this idea for business and I called it, um, and I don't want to name the company, but I called it the company of life skills. And she's like, well, would you like to meet the founder of that company, the CEO of that company? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> she, she went to college with him. No kidding. No kidding. And wow. she goes, well, let me ask him if he's open to it. He was open to it. We had lunch. He knocked my business idea down in 10 minutes. He and I are still friends to this day. Um, he is referenced in the acknowledgments of my book. He has become a mentor because I, I got in the door through that connection that I had no idea was related to it. So when mm. you know what you're working on and you share it and you talk about it and your enthusiasm and your energy um, goes out to somebody else, they catch that energy and then they're like, oh, I want to help. Who do I know? What can I do? Mm. And it's not like, okay, I'm going to beeline to that one person. It's me, me, me. And here's what I need. And here's what I'm trying to accomplish. People don't respond to that. They respond to a friend just sharing. And you just never know. Is, is that the thing then? And I, get, I don't know if there is one thing because I hear these different layers. And is, it, is there, have you found in your research, is there, is there a difference that makes a difference? Meaning, is it the enthusiasm or is it the, the vision or is it the, the commonality or is it the, the mutual friend that is the introduction or is it, is it the combination of all of them, the buffet of them all? If you will, I, I love buffets. And is it the buffet of all of them presented at once in such a way that it just, it makes that, that human peace? Because I, 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 thinking about like our interaction and if I wouldn't have, you know, if I wouldn't have had the vision or if you wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have been sharing the stories we would have shared, would it have changed the dynamic? Like what was it about it that got us both to say yes? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? That yeah. And, and here's the thing. I don't think there's a special sauce. I don't think there's one thing that we can do. I don't think that there's like a magic bullet. I think being a connector is a mindset and a way of approaching life, a way of approaching interactions, people, work, business, personal, all of it. That's what a connector is, is somebody who values and prioritizes relationships. And sometimes the prioritization of the relationship is the, um, you know, the stepping back on the personal need on either side of it. I always say relationship networking is not about you and it's not about them. It's about what happens between the two of you together. And, you know, I could have been having a bad day and you, you might've changed my day. You might've turned my day around or you might've been like, I'm not, I'm not digging her vibe. Um, and those things happen. But if we can, um, if we can be vulnerable, if we can be authentic, if we can um, look for commonalities, if we can share our curiosity, if we can have a generous spirit, if we can bring these mindsets, people will see that it's not just one thing, it is a way of being. Hmm. I love that, a way of being. And it's almost like, <clears throat> what I'm hearing you is it's kind of like, you're going into these interactions 
these these connections, these instances with a, and I guess this is the vision piece, where it's it's meeting the person, but thinking not about you, not about them, but about the benefit that can come down the line and how that can serve them and how it can serve this greater cause or vision from that outcome, from that interaction. Yeah, and um, it's, it's, it's almost like, um, I, I can't think of that word, um, and I hate the word synergy, that's not the word I'm thinking of. Um, Oh, it'll come back to me. <laughs> you know, when it kind of flies in and out of your brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, what I was going to share with you was um, when I was writing the, the, the Connectors Advantage book, my brother-in-law came into my office and he said, oh, it's another networking book. And I said, no, 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 this one's about being a connector. He goes, well, what's the difference between networking and being a connector? And I was like, oh, that's a really good question. And I looked up at him and I said, networking is something you do. A connector, that's who you are. Mm. And that was the differentiation for me. And I, you know, maybe that's why they called me the anti-networker was because I hated the word networking. I mean, it has the word work in it. Who wants to do it? It feels, it feels icky, like a used car salesman, right? Yeah. But if you just say, it's another way to connect, to make friends, to learn about somebody, to share something, to help someone, to receive from someone. Those are ways we connect. And being a connector is a, as you know, as I said, is a way of being, but it's just who you are. And if it's not who you think you are naturally, you can be. If you, if you understand the value and the advantage, which is why I call it the advantage, right? Faster, easier, better results, mm -hmm. right? But one of those results is happiness, right? This is all, you're all about the heart, right? And unlocking your greatness, just love your shirt. Uh, <laughs> if you think about um, some of the statistics around happiness and, and social isolation, they will shock you. Um, this research was at a Brigham Young University. Um, there's been happiness studies and things like that. Um, there's a greater impact to your mortality on um, social isolation than obesity. In other words, you're more likely to die from being lonely than being overweight. And you have an equivalent likelihood of dying early from being lonely than as if you smoked 15 cigarettes a day for 10 years. So connections are not just about business results. They're about personal happiness and personal health. There's also statistics related to stress and, and I could go on. <laughs> I love that distinction you just made about networking and connector, about it being something you do versus who you are. And I've, I, have, I have struggled, gosh, my whole life. I mean, I, I've always struggled with networking. I did one of those leads groups for a little bit, and this isn't to talk badly on them because I know a lot of people found value in them. And it always felt icky to me. It felt like I was going in there and people were not super enthusiastic about what they were doing, but they were just waiting for their time to regurgitate the same 15 second, 20 second thing they had done before. And you're just going through formalities of it. And versus it's funny, like hearing stories of people who really enjoy connecting. It's always stories of going out for happy hour and happy hour turns into drinks and drinks turns into going to a movie and it turns into a barbecue or something like that. It's just, there's, there is, there's a noticeable difference in how people articulate those experiences. And I never, 
put language into it until you just defined it like that. And it, it, it and, and I, I appreciate how you define it because in a way I just, it, it was like giving me permission to be able to go and play more because been playing and being happy. It's how I add value, joy and longevity to my life. And it doesn't have to feel like being a connector. It doesn't feel like this rigid formal, I got to get it dressed up in a suit and, you know, make sure I showered and brushed my teeth and all those types of things, which, you know, some of us have, that hasn't been the most <laughs> consistent thing throughout the whole last three months of quarantine shelter and placing and everything at the time of this recording. But yeah, I love that distinction because it, it, it's, it's so, there's that word synergistic. It's so synergistic with just what life should be like. Yes. And I love that you use the word play. Um, and it made me think about, you know, a suit. No, no, no. I have had business meetings getting my nails done. I've mm. had them at the gym. Literally, we'll be doing push-ups across from each other. I don't do them very well. But, you know, uh, I do my best and we'll be having a conversation. Um, I actually hire somebody I met at the dog park. And, um, you know, years, like, I've had my dog about three years. And um, I had bought a new rescue or adopted a new rescue. And I took both my dogs to the dog park. This was her first time after being sick from the shelter. We got her healthy, all of her shots. We brought a dog park. And, and I met this woman. Turns out she's kind of in the same field. Great. We exchanged numbers. As I'm leaving the dog park, I had the window open just a little bit, but I had the dog tied to the inside so she was safe. She jumped through the, the tiny bit of open window while the car was moving, but she was still attached to the car so she got pulled back. And I mean, it took me maybe half a second to stop, but in that time I had a dog bleeding outside my car and this woman, and you know, like, so we had that shared experience. Yeah. And, you know, and she checked in on me and how's the dog? And I'm like, she's on drugs, but she's gonna be okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, and it took us some time, but we then stayed in touch and I've been able to put her to work. Mm. That's, where things happen because of shared experience, shared value, shared people, shared places, um, shared passions, shared causes. Is there, is there, Michelle, I'm curious, is there a, is there a line for you between the, the business personal piece of connection or do you, does it, does it all intermingle? Because I find, and then in hearing you, especially with that notion of playing, it's why can't they all be both? Why can't they be one and one, but why can't it be both? And, and part of the reason I ask this is because then it makes me wonder, why do we still, as a society, it seems we still cling to that, that, gosh, that notion or that imagery of connecting or networking is, is you're in the suit, you're in the stuffy room, it's, it's intense, it's stressed. I mean, I feel like it's still portrayed that way in movies, but it's so much more refreshing to hear, you could go do business deals while you're doing push-ups. Yeah. And that, that to me, it takes all intimidation out of it because, and I mean, everybody when they're in the gym and they're sweating and they're trying to do push-ups is at their awkward and uncomfortable best. But it, so it's just like, a, I feel like that gives permission in so many ways to like really toss aside so much of the bullshit that we've been heaping on ourselves about what it means to be a professional or what it means to be the proper way to be, uh, you know, or even in a personal relationship, the proper way to meet someone the first time or, you know, like going on a first date, there's all these rules. You can't do this. You can't do this. You have to do this. You don't want to give too much. You don't want to be too little. You don't want to talk about this. You don't want to talk about that. But it's more and more I'm hearing is it's just about being you. Yeah. 
I always say you're always networking. I, I mean, you know, when you're picking up your kids on the playground, when you're at your religious, you know, place of worship, when you are at the supermarket. I mean, I've met so many people on the line to the ladies' room because there's always a line at the ladies' room. You know, and they start up a conversation. You know, <laughs> so um, it could be a professional environment, it could be a personal environment. Networking is just about building relationships, and we're always doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and networking is about sharing of yourself and learning about somebody else, and we can always be doing that. So I really want to take the ick out of, or I should say, the work out of networking, right? What are, what is your, or do you have a go-to one, your, your icebreaker for that standing in line at the bathroom or standing in the elevator when it's dead silence? I don't have a go-to, but I have what I call back pocket questions. Um, and I actually share, I'm not sure which book, one of the books, um, <laughs> I have a whole chapter on conversation starters. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's the 11 laws of likability. When I talk about when you don't know where to start, start by being curious. Um, you can talk about the environment you're in. You can talk about the weather. I mean, I mean, really, weather can go in so many places. It seems so mundane. But think about all of the extreme weather we've had and how that impacts, you know, uh, Sandy for my area. I'm from Jersey. And it's six, seven years after Sandy, and there's still people not in their houses. You know, my in-laws were down wow. in the, the shore area. Like, it, how it's changed. Like, weather can take you so many places. Oh, that can take you to home repair. That could take you to, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so think about what's in the news. Think about what's in the environment. Think about what's in the geography. Think about what's in the situation that you're in. Um, so, you know, did you like the game? Did you like that speaker? Did you like your dinner? What did you order? You know, have you ever had the dessert here? Whatever it might be based on where you are. Um, and you don't always have to. You know, one of the things that you said was interesting is, um, you know, I don't, we talked about how why work um, always feels like something's at work and then something's personal and, and that we want to blend the two. And relationship networking, we talked about one shift being it's not about you, it's about the relationship. Another shift is that it's not about the short term, it's about the long term. And the third shift is that it's not just about business, it's about anything. So I have found that my best business relationships are when the lines are blurred. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, for a long time, would try to be like, hey, can you like my Facebook page or connect with me on this side, not my personal side? And I have found, like, it just was too hard because I'm like, well, but we've had dinner together and we've had that conversation that was really personal, but yeah, you're my client, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I find those clients where the lines are blurred are the clients that come back again and again and again. Um, but, you know, we can't necessarily have those relationships with everybody. So we need to kind of see what other people are comfortable with. And, and it's about, it's about, I always call it a dance, you know, listen and share, listen and probe, follow somebody else's lead, be yourself. Sometimes my, myself is a little bit TMI. And when you give a little TMI, then somebody else might either step back from you or they might step into you and you follow their lead. The magic of TMI. <laughs> and, you know, that is easier for an extrovert than an introvert. Um, and so what I would say, you know, if you're the extrovert, it's easier for you to give the information. If you're the introvert, it might be easier for you to receive the information. And so what I would tell you is if, if, it's that, if sharing is the stretch for you, make it comfortable for someone else to share and then take smaller steps towards your sharing, right? Um, if you are the extrovert, 
share in a way that doesn't make someone else uncomfortable, and then seek information to, to draw them out because they might not be as easy at, at offering it. So think about where your comfort is and how you can increase that opposite comfort for somebody else. I wanna, I wanna touch on the introvert extrovert piece real quick. And this is a completely selfish question, so I'll make a full disclaimer with it. I am what I would call, you know, I would, I guess a situational extrovert. And that that's I, what we call an ambivert. Uh, which, uh, what is it? It's called an ambivert or an omnivert, which means that um, you display both qualities of introversion and extroversion depending on the situation. Okay, this is great. I'm glad there's actually something because I've always been so- I explain that whole concept in the connector's advantage as well. Okay, <laughs> good. And now this is just more incentive to get the book because I got the, the cheat sheet from you. <laughs> and I went through it. You know, doing speaking, doing this kind of stuff, uh, when I'm teaching, running workshops, full extrovert. You know, everything's open, no restriction, nothing else. You put me in a room where I don't know anyone, or maybe I just know that one person, and it's, it, it, I go into full stranger danger mode. I awkwardly <laughs> hang out by the chips. I uncomfortably sip on a drink, or if I know it's going to be a long night, I might, I might really <laughs> just uncomfortably chug down a few drinks to try to get <laughs> Is there, is there something that that introvert can do in that time, a strategy that they can practice that would help them tap into that extroverted part of themselves to make those instances more, more joyful, more abundant? Um, so it's interesting. There's an introvert and then there's an ambivert. And so the introvert doesn't necessarily have a lot of extroversion to tap into. So I'm gonna answer the question a little um, more universally for anybody who has an introversion tendency. Okay. Um, and that is to understand your strengths. Uh, I actually talk about the introvert's edge when it comes to connection because introverts think that extroverts have it so easy. And there are certain things that do come easy to an extrovert, but listening is not one of them. And introverts are excellent listeners. Um, which is one of their strengths. They're best in the one-to-one, -one, which is where connection happens. And they are not off-putting, right? They don't come on too big, too strong, uh, too animated, too in your face, where somebody else is going, whoa, no thanks. So understand the strengths that you bring to those conversations and that, that you are already very enabled to have good connection. And then also think about how you evaluate success in a situation. If I leave any situation, where there was one person I felt a nice connection with, one person that I think can develop into a relationship, one person that I wanna follow up with, that's success to me. It is not about the ridiculous pile of business cards that are constantly, and that was just what I could reach, like you don't even wanna see the pile that's over there, it's about like a foot high. Um, it's not about quantity, it's about connection. And so, um, you know, that's, that's the overall mindset perspective going in. Now, there's some things that you can do in some of those events, if it is depending on a personal or professional. But either way, lone wolf situation is your friend. Getting somewhere early or staying somewhere late is also your friend. When you get there early, everybody's looking for somebody to talk to, right? And so you can let them take, like, let them approach you, right? Um, lone wolf, rescue somebody else, they'll appreciate it right? When they don't have anyone to talk to. Um, staying late, everyone's calmed down. They've met who they need to met. They're all relaxed at that point. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you are at a business event, parking yourself in a place where you can be of assistance, right? Directing people to the coat check, to the bathroom, to the check-in, to the drinks, um, you know, actually giving yourself an official role or an unofficial role, then you become the safe space. And this person who's like, oh, they're standing here, they're not talking to anybody, they're working. I don't know what to do yet, so I'll just go talk to them. Mm. And, and now you, you have people who feel comfortable with you and you become their safe space. So those are just a few little ideas off the top of my head. I love that. First impressions and last impressions. What can we do to bolster or improve those to make sure we've, we're strengthening our connections? Oh, I love that question. Okay, so um, what's interesting about the question is that we remember um, the, the attention curve is a smile, right? So um, that first impression is quick and hard to change. Um, and that last thing is what we remember when we walk away. And those are your two critical moments. So with first impressions, one of the most powerful things that you can do is simply smile. A smile can be seen as far as 30 feet away. It changes your own brain chemistry and it changes the brain chemistry of somebody who's looking at you. So a smile and a question of interest, right? So that you actually wanna know about somebody else and that you can then um, bounce off of. Great opening. Closing, don't ever forget mood memory. So one of the laws of likability is the law of mood memory. People will remember more how you make them feel than anything that you said. So when you're done, don't start looking at your watch, don't start looking over their shoulder, right? Think about using the follow-up that you plan to have with that person as your exit strategy, which is, you know, I will send you that thing, let's connect here, let's, so nice to meet you. And then you can exit, or you can say, you know, hey, it's been great talking to you. Looks like someone over there could um, use a rescue. Why don't we invite them into our conversation? And bring them with you, expanding the conversation, now changing the dynamic, where then now you're in a different conversation, you're adding people to it, or it allows you to step out of it. Um, and the bathroom result, or getting a drink are always the easy ones. But with girls, we sometimes say, oh, I have to go too. <laughs> Body system <laughs> in the bathroom. Yeah. Michelle, this has been so incredible and we only have time for one question. I know you have a lot to get done today and I'm going to be respectful of your time. I could go on much, much longer. I feel like I'm just now scratching the surface and all I want to try to extrapolate out of you. I, I like to, when appropriate, give people an action item. And I feel like you've given us so much wisdom and knowledge and, and tactile pieces of, of gold nuggets today that I'd love to put an actionable behind it for people to take away. So as soon as they, as soon as they log off, as soon as they turn this off, they're one, they're getting your book. Two, they're going to take some sort of action to either facilitate a connection, enhance a connection. If you could give, or maybe if you don't mind giving one of each, like if one action to facilitate a connection, one action that they could take right away to enhance a connection. Okay. So there's so many pieces of advice um, that came to my mind when you said that, but to facilitate a connection that you are making between two other people, that's the mm -hmm. first one. Okay. One of the things that you want to do when you facilitate that connection is tell both parties why you're making that connection. I'm putting you in touch because of this reason. This is why I think you might be interested in talking to this person. Um, if it's unequal, ask permission. 
um, connect them, and then um, put in your calendar to check in to see what happened. Because if they're good connectors, they'll tell you, but in case they don't, you know, close that loop and figure out how that connection happened and what came of it. So that's the facilitation. And then the other one was to enhance the connection that you have. Yes. So in any situation that you're in, a question that you wanna have um, asked and, and be able to answer is, what are you working on? How can I help you? Or who do you wanna meet, right? So if you are wanting to enhance a connection with somebody, I might say, you know, Jesse, you know, what's important to you right now? What are you working on? Who, you know, who would you like to have as a guest? Or how can I, how can I help you? Any question like that, will strengthen a relationship because you're having a generous spirit. Again, one of the mindsets of a connector is a generous spirit. How can I add value? How can I be giving to you? Um, a, a connector will then in response usually say, you know, thank you so much. Here's what I'm working on. What are you working on? How can I help you? So also have an answer to that question because nobody wants to be in the position of always receiving. It's lovely to receive, but we like to also feel valuable. We like to give. And you give us the opportunity to give when you tell us how we can help. I don't love that. <laughs> Everyone, I don't know about you, but I, I do not want this to end. And unfortunately, we need to bring it to a close. But you are going to want to rewatch, re-listen, take lots of notes, and most importantly, put into action. There is about 12 and a half things at minimum Michelle shared today that were immediately impactful for me. And I can't wait to, as she was talking, I was both listening and also sorting it through my mind how I wanted to begin implementing right away. And one of the most important things with something like this, where there's so much golden nuggets passed on, is to implement right away. You don't not want to walk away from this and just say, wow, that was so great. I learned so much and then do nothing with it. Whether it is thinking of that smile of the first impression, last impression, whether it's you know, calling up someone and asking them if they want to go do some push-ups and looking at that as your new, your new boardroom and negotiate a business deal. Whether it's considering the everyday interactions that you experience and looking for opportunities to break the ice, introduce conversation. Whether it's considering that the next time you're going to some sort of event or maybe you're even going to a Zoom meeting since most of us are doing virtually. And I imagine the strategies could be the same. You know, if there's somebody on the, in the little squares that we see and they look like they're disinterested, they send them a private message out there. Ask them what's going on. How are you doing? You know, maybe you have a little conversation going in between them. It's all the chatter. And pretty soon before you know it, you have a friend who could be a potential business. And I love that Michelle acknowledged that some of the best interactions have been where the lines have blurred, where there's business and personal. And for me, I don't know about you, but that gave me so much permission how I could show up with people because I've often felt that the professional Jesse and the personal Jesse needed to be two different people. And it's so refreshing to hear that they could just be one and the same and that it gives us freedom to play more, really play more. And that the idea of not only is connecting, can it be good for our, our businesses, but it can be so great for our life that you're more likely to die from being overweight than being alone. My good, I mean, you're more likely to die from being alone than being overweight. My goodness, do we need to go out there and start <laughs> interacting and connecting and that it increases our happiness and gives us more joy in life. Abundance mindset. You know, connectors are looking at abundance about how can we climb that top together versus there's only one person at the top, how do we keep people down? And I love the distinction between networking and connecting. This was such a powerful and insightful conversation, Michelle, and I'm so grateful to you, your willingness to make the time today and your generosity in sharing. 
I will be definitely getting the book as I know many others will. This was such a, a eye-opening and beneficial and you truly have served all of us today. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm very impressed with that summary. I'm like, wow, you remembered a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you enjoy the Connector's Advantage. Absolutely. We'll see you next time, everyone, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to